Hello everybody, welcome back, episode 14, Catorce, for my Spanish speakers out there. It is conference championship weekend, the weekend we've been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I hope everyone is sitting down, strapped in, locked in. It's going to be one hell of a weekend. We got CCT, Choose Chalk Talk. Coming in live for a very highly anticipated weekend. Again, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. This is a week, kind of a double episode week. At least, I guess, the first half of the episode, of this episode technically on Wednesday. Even though I kind of broke them up into two separate. Wednesday, we kind of recapped the past two weeks. A little bit of coaching carousel, some of the rankings. This week, it's all about the conference championships. More news in the you know the coaching carousel, more in depth. And last but not least, we're going to talk about college football playoff committee's meeting that happened two days ago, Wednesday, December first. So a lot to get into. You know, hope everyone's doing good. Appreciate everyone for tuning in, staying locked in, and uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Start off real quick. We have two conference championships tonight. Yes, college football has played many days of the week, including Friday. Tonight, start off with you have. The Conference USA Championship. You have the UTSA Roadrunners versus Western Kentucky. UTSA was the surprise seen on the college football, you know, universe landscape this year. They are whopping 11-1. They're representing the Western part of the Conference USA Conference. They won their side. And Western Kentucky, they are 8-4. They represent the Eastern side of the Conference USA. And they will both be going head-to-head at UTSA Stadium. It's a home game for them. That game will be 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network or DirecTV 221. Again, these, all these times are in Eastern times. So that's what times on I'm in. And again, like I said, UTSA was ranked you know, within the top 25 for the majority of the season. They lost a couple weeks ago. That's what brought them out of the rankings. But you know, one hell of a good year for them. Again, their coach just got an extension, which we'll talk about a little later, just to lock him up. Because he, you know, burst onto the scene and they had one hell of a year. Shout out to the Roadrunners. Conference USA, I'll take the Roadrunners winning that game. Next, we have the Pac-12 Championship. One of the Power 5 conferences. You have number 10 Oregon versus number 17 Utah. Oregon is 10-2. Utah is 9-3. Oregon is representing the Pac-12 North. Utah, the Pac-12 South. And as we all know, Utah this year has defeated Oregon. They won head-to-head a couple weeks ago, blew them out of the water 38-7, which destroyed their, their college football playoff hopes and aspirations. So a little bit of a revenge game for Oregon. This game is 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, ABC. It is being played at Allegiant Stadium, which is the Las Vegas Raiders' brand-new stadium. You know, people call it the Death Star because it looks like the Death Star. And it's, you know... One of the brand new stadiums in the NFL, highly, you know, very technology oriented. Again, it's ridiculous. Again, no playoff aspirations and hopes for any of these teams from this, you know, conference championship game, but should be a bloodbath. Both these teams hate each other. Again, Utah spoiled Oregon's chances of making the playoff a couple weeks ago, so look for a lot of revenge game for Oregon. Again, head to head. Again, like I always say, it's very hard for a team to beat a team twice during the season. I really want to go Utah here, 
But I think Oregon is going to show up and get revenge for the game. And I'll pick the Ducks here. I think Oregon defeats Utah. All righty. So moving on. Now moving to Saturday. We have the Big 12 Championship. You have the number five Oklahoma State Cowboys versus the number nine Baylor Bears. Oklahoma State is 11-1. Baylor is 10-2. That game is 12 p.m. Eastern time on ABC tomorrow. Oklahoma State did defeat Baylor during the season head-to-head. Again, both good teams. They both defeated Oklahoma during the regular season, you know, destroying their playoff hopes, which, you know, again, Lincoln Riley left a lot of upheaval with Oklahoma right now. But that game is being played at AT&T Stadium, Jerry World, Cowboy Stadium, Texas. Again, Oklahoma State is still in the hunt. If they win and move to 12-1, and they could sneak into the playoffs if Alabama were to lose or Cincinnati were to lose or something else were to happen. So Oklahoma State's playoff aspirations are still you know, there. They're number five in the country, so anything could happen. In this game, I will take the Cowboys, Oklahoma State. Again, I've watched them play. I watched them play in Oklahoma last week. I've seen Baylor play too, but I think the Cowboys will edge them out with a nasty defense they have. So I'm going to pick Oklahoma State there. And again, we'll see what happens. It's very hard to beat a team twice during a season, but I think Oklahoma State can pull it out. Again, they're fighting for their playoff lives, so I think they'll come out with the victory. Next, we'll switch it over to the SEC Championship game. This is, by God, if I must say so, the biggest and best game of the college football season. Right here. It will be number three, Bama, against number one, Georgia. Bama won the SEC West. Georgia won the SEC East. Bama's 11-1. Georgia's 12-0. Going back to Oklahoma State Baylor real quick. In the Big 12, there's no divisions. It's just the top two teams. So that's why United State, which side of the conference they're on, it's just the top two teams make the championship. Obviously, the SEC has the West and the East. Again, Bama won the West. Georgia won the East. This is going to be a bloodbath. A complete war. College game day will be there. That game is 4 p.m. on CBS. Again, Eastern time. It's being held at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is the brand new you know, Georgia Dome arena they built in Hot Atlanta. Again, Georgia, no matter if they win or lose, will, will be in the college football playoffs. Bama, they win and they're in. If they lose, they're out. So, again, we'll see. Bama's defense, again, should stop Georgia's offense. But it's going to come down to Bryce Young and the offense scoring against Georgia's defense. One of the best defenses, in the, probably the best, not even one of the best, the best defense in the country. Killed and slaughtered many offenses this year. So we'll see what happens. Again, be tuning into that game, roll tight all the way, but... Ah, jeez. If, you know, big prediction here. Again, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think final score could be like 24-17 or 28-21. But I think Bama will come up to play. I think Bama shocks the world, beats Georgia. He's Georgia's favorite right now, but I think Bama will come out victorious. Because Bama's played, you know, bad the past couple weeks, but you can't keep them down long. They'll be up for the game. And Georgia and Kirby Smart always seem to fuck up when they play Bama. So we shall see. We shall see. Next, jumping into, we got the AAC Championship, the American Athletic Conference. Again, we have number four, Cincinnati, who is 12-0, versus number 21, Houston, who is 11-1. 
Again, this conference is just like the Big 12. It's just the top two teams in the conference. So they will be playing each other. Again, this game is 4 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. It is Nippert Stadium, which is Cincinnati's home stadium. Again, Cincinnati wins, they're in. They're fighting for their lives. If they lose, again, you have potential for other teams such as Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, other one-loss teams to make the playoffs. So, again, a lot is going to happen. We shall see what exactly happens. But, again, if Cincinnati wins, they're in. Georgia wins or loses, they're in. Every, a lot of teams, Oklahoma State wins, they have a good shot at making. A lot of these teams control their own destiny here. And you ask me about Cincinnati, again, I really haven't seen them play much. I've seen them play a little bit. They've had some good games. They have some bad games. But again, if they make the playoffs, who knows if they're going to get steamrolled, if they're going to play good. Again, it depends who they match up against. But we'll see. All they got to do is win this league and they're in. So we shall see. Next, we'll jump to the ACC Championship. Very happy. Clemson is not in it this year. As many of you know, I'm not a big Clemson guy. One of my buddies goes there, but because obviously they beat up on Bama. We have two new faces. We have University of Pittsburgh, who's number 15 in the country. They are 10-2. and two. They will be playing the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, who are 10-2. and two. They're 16th in the country. 15 is playing 16. Pitt won the Coastal Division of the ACC. Wake Forest won the Atlantic Division of the ACC. Again, that is 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC. It is being played at Bank of America Stadium which is Panther Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Again, no playoff hopes between any of the teams here, but honestly, I'm just happy. It's two different teams. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pitt, balling out, having a Heisman caliber season. He might be there in you know in January for the Heisman. Wake Forest, 10-2 this year, probably the best record they've had in the past 20, 25 years. Again, I haven't looked it up, but they just extended their coach. Actually, I'll go into more of that later. So, you know, shout out to the Demon Deacons. They're having one hell of a year. So, you know, excited to see new faces in it. You know, not if, you had to, if I had to pick this game, I'm, I'd roll with Pitt and their quarterback, Pickett. I think they're going to ball out. But, again, don't sleep on Wake Forest. They're good as well. They have a high-rate passing attack as well. So we shall see what happens there. Another intensely intense game we have this week, the Big Ten Championship. You have number two, Michigan, the Wolverines, versus number 13, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Michigan won the Big Ten East, again, defeating Ohio State last weekend. Harbaugh got the monkey off his back. Big win for them, and Iowa won the Big Ten West. It actually came down to Minnesota. Minnesota beat Wisconsin last week, and that's the reason why Iowa made it. If Wisconsin would have beat Minnesota, Wisconsin would be playing Michigan. So, you know, big game between two Big Ten rivals. That game is 8 p.m. on Fox. Again, it's Eastern time. Hope Gus Johnson's calling this game. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite announcers in college football. If you go and listen to him, we'll definitely we'll pull up some clips of Gus Johnson. He's done the Big Ten, Big 12. He's done a little couple NFL games I've seen. Again, that game will be held at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy, which is, again, the Colts Stadium. That's actually where the Natty's being held this year as well. And, of course, number two, Michigan. They win, they're in. Same thing like Cincinnati. So just like Bama, too. If you win, you're in. So all these games are, you know, all the powers in their hands. They control their own destiny. They lose, they're done. So definitely, again, if you had to ask me who I'm picking there, obviously Michigan. Their running attack is ridiculous. The defense with you know Big Hutchinson and Jabu, both on the edges, those DN linebacker type positions, they're ridiculous. Both combined over 24, 25 sacks, which is insanity. 
So, again, Michigan, look for them to win there. Switching over again, we're wrapping up the conference championships here. What I'm trying to do is just talk about all 10. Because again, there's 10 FBS conferences. So we're just going to wrap this up real quick. And again, for those of you who say, oh, you don't talk about the other one. Well, I'm talking about other conferences now. So everyone pay attention. we got the MAC Conference Championship, the Mid-American Conference, which is a MAC. A little MAC in action Saturday. you got Kent State, the Golden Flashes, who are 7-5 versus Northern Illinois. 8-4. That game is 12 p.m. Eastern Time, high noon, on ESPN and DirecTV 206. That game is being held at Ford Field, which is the Lions Stadium. Again, for those of those Macamaniacs and big Maction people, I know a lot of people just bet on <laughs> the Friday night Maction games and stuff like that throughout the season. But, you know, big game here. Kent State, Northern Illinois. Honestly, I'll roll with Kent State. I'll roll with the Flashes here. Again, I think this would be a good game. Honestly, Two teams kind of similar record-wise. Again, we'll see what goes down. Last but not least, the two conferences. We have the Mountain West Conference. We have Utah State, who is 9-3. They represent the Mountain Division of the Mountain West Conference. And we have San Diego State, who's ranked number 19th. They represent the West Division of the Mountain West Conference. They are 11-1. That game is on 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Game is being held in Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California, which is right outside of LA. Honestly, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be, you know, a decent matchup between San Diego State, a ranked team, and Utah State. Again, we shall see what happens. Honestly, this game was going to be held in San Diego State, but they're actually currently building a new stadium for them. So that's why it's being held out in California. I'll take San Diego State in this one. And last but not least, we have the Sun Belt Conference Championship. We have Appalachian State, 10-2, versus University of Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns, the 24th ranked in the country. They are 11-1. Game is 3.30 p.m. and Eastern Time on ESPN and DirecTV 206. That game will be held at Cajun Field, which is Louisiana Lafayette's home field. Again, both these teams are really, really good. Again, Coastal Carolina was big in the Sun Belt this year. You know, they lost a couple games. Appalachian State came out of nowhere. University of Louisiana has always been good the past couple years with Billy Napier. Obviously, he's at Florida now. But, you know, continue the tradition there. Honestly, I would love to roll with the Raging Cajuns, but I know Appalachian State's going to put up a game. I still roll with the Raging Cajuns. I'll go Louisiana here. But, again, I think that game could go either way. So, again, that wraps out the 10 conference championship games this weekend. Obviously, the ones I will be tuned into. Glued to the TV, SEC championship. Obviously, Bama, Georgia. Big 10, Michigan, Iowa. Definitely pay attention to Big 12, too, which is early on in the day. And, again, all the other great conferences. You know, tons of football this weekend. Hope everyone tunes in. Again, another great weekend just to turn on your TV on Saturday. Even tonight. You're not doing anything Friday night. Tune in and watch some of these games. Intensely intense. Now, transitioning to what everyone wants to know about, the continuous coaching carousel of college football. And obviously, we've had some crazy moves throughout the season. More recently, it's picked up. But I just want to go over some key points, some different, you know, different moves that have been going around, talk about some of the contract details, etc. Starting off with Virginia Tech hired Penn State's defensive coordinator, Brent Pry, as their head coach. Again, the Hokies... Again, they've had some close games over the past couple of years. They've been ranked at times, but again, nothing to like what they were in the early 2000s, obviously, with Michael Vick and all those guys. But, 
you know, trying to bring back relevancy, you know, big rival between them and Virginia and the ACC, but trying to revive and kickstart that program again back to its glory. Notre Dame introduced Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, as their head coach today after Brian Kelly left for LSU, and I think this is a great move. Notre Dame's defense, and again, they got beat the brakes off by Bama last year. That's because I don't think anyone was beating that Bama team last year. But he's done a great job with the defense. I saw a video today of them introducing him. You know, it was, you know, all the players love him. He's a coach's, you know, a player's coach. I think he's going to do really well at Notre Dame and succeed. I really do. So kudos to him. Glad he got that head coaching job. You know, coveted job. Notre Dame, you know, the mecca of college football at one point. Still very relevant. Obviously not what it used to be. But I think he'll do really, really well there. Obviously, we all know Brian Kelly, the former Notre Dame coach at LSU. His contract, just to give you some numbers, 10 years, $95 million, so $9.5 million a year, plus incentives. Brian Kelly was introduced at an LSU basketball game the other day. I saw this video of him trying to talk with a southern accent. Again, excuse me, Brian Kelly... Um, Definitely good hire from LSU. Winning pedigree. Winning his coach in Notre Dame history. The only thing I want to see is my buddy brought up Jared, if you remember, was on college, college football a couple weeks ago, went to the University of Florida. How is Brian Kelly, age 60, going to recruit in the South? It's a lot different, you know, than and up in the Midwest, you know, East Coast. It's a lot different. So how is he going to relate to those players, the families? It's going to be interesting to see, but obviously his pedigree, his coaching skill, something not to be questioned. But again, we'll see how he adjusts down the bayou. Now, this I mentioned in Wednesday's episode, but I want to reiterate um, it because I kind of messed up the information. Jim Harbaugh will be giving all his bonus money that he got from defeating Ohio State and other games this year to Michigan Athletic Department staff who have had their pay cut during the COVID, due to COVID throughout the year. So obviously, kudos to Jim Harbaugh. Again, we shout him out for getting the monkey off his back, defeating Ohio State. Now he's in the Big Ten Championship, his first birth in five, six years as the Michigan head coach. But just him giving back and doing that is awesome. You know, that's really, you know, down to earth, very, you know, gracious and tells a lot about his character. So kudos to him. Now we have another breaking news out of the ACC. UVA, University of Virginia's head coach, Bronco Mendenhall. He resigned yesterday after six season as the head coach. He's going to coach their bowl game. But after that, he, um, you know, he's resigning. He says he needs time, needs time to recharge and step away from college football. He was former BYU coach back in the day or a couple years ago. Again, UVA, we don't really see them popping off or doing anything in the ACC. But, you know, definitely competitive, definitely did well. So, you know, that's going to be a big loss for them. Cavaliers now in search of a head coach. Switching over, again, a lot of people were speculating James Franklin leaving Penn State. Goodbye to those dreams. Penn State extended a 10-year contract worth $75 million for James Franklin. Eight seasons there. He has one Big Ten championship, which is 2016. Again, you can question, you know, his success there. Obviously, it's a tough conference. you got to play Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State every single year. And some teams on the other side, Wisconsin, Iowa, Purdue, occasionally are okay. Minnesota's up on the come up. Definitely a tough conference. Obviously, you know, a lot of people are thinking about the Oklahoma job, the Southern Cal job, LSU. People are speculating a lot of different things. But they locked him up. Again, hopefully his success continues there. We shall see. More extension news. Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State head coach, got a five-year extension. Stays with the Cowboys. 
Scott Frost, Nebraska, his head coach, he's been retained by the athletic director after a 15-27 record. And Nebraska, again, he was a former coach of, I forget where he came from, but he did okay at the school he was at, and then he went to Nebraska. Again, the Big Ten, tough conference. He hasn't really done it, obviously, well, 15-27, but the athletic director retained him, has a vote and confidence in him. So, again, Scott Frost got his job saved there. Hopefully, you know, he continues to improve. You know, he shows sign of doing great things in Nebraska. But I hope it just continues because, you know, he's a good coach. Next, we have P.J. Fleck from Minnesota. He got a seven-year extension worth $5 million. Again, he's been turned around that Minnesota program, rode the boat. The Gophers were 6-2 and two at one point. Well, I think that was their conference record this year. They were ranked 20th in the country at one point. So, you know, shout out to him. Deserves it. You know, turn around that program awesomely. Hugh Freeze. The Liberty head coach, former Ole Miss head coach, he's been extended through the 2028 season. So obviously seven years from now, that is worth $4 million. Again, former Ole Miss coach, claimed the fame was beating Bama back-to-back years. The now Liberty coach, again, since joining the FBS, been there for three years, you know, done exceptionally well, back-to-back Cure Bowl champs. Had more of a letdown year this year with a couple more, like five, four or five losses this year, which again, they've the past couple years, they've had one or no losses, so... Again, I'm not worried about it. He's definitely turned his program around. Good coach. You know, excited to see what he does at Liberty in the future. Again, now jumping into UTSA, they extended Jeff Trailer, their head coach, 10-year extension. Like I said, undefeated for the longest time, lost a couple weeks ago, hopped on to the college football stage. Again, they locked him up because they don't want him getting poached by other teams. It makes sense. Guy's a great coach, led the team to an undefeated season. They obviously have one loss now, but they're in pace to win their conference, so shout out to him. Jeff Trailer, great job. Another extension, long-term deal. Don't know much of the details on this one. Is Dave Clawson, who's Wake Forest, Demon Deacons head coach. Again, he got extended, had one hell of a year. Again, Demon Deacons are ten and two, probably the best start. I don't even know who knows how long one, but shout out to him. You know, congrats to Wake Forest. One of my friends, Paige, she went to Wake Forest. I'm probably gonna have her on in a couple weeks. Have her talk about you know. A little CVCT, College U and College Football, CVCF, excuse me. So that should be, you know, exciting. Put that in the works. Just one day we'll get a little teaser out there. Stay tuned for that in the future. Now, last but not least, everyone that wants to know about the Lincoln Riley of Lincoln Riley, stinking Lincoln Riley. Again, the former Oklahoma head coach. His record there in five years, 55 and 10. 37 and 7 in the Big 12, but a 1 and 3 bowl record. Obviously, every year they've gotten to the playoffs, they've gotten eliminated in the first round. They've gotten their brakes beaten off. Well, nah, they're technically not beaten off. 2018, they lost uh, to Alabama in the first round of the playoffs. That was the Kyler Murray 2 a year. Alabama scored 28 in the first quarter. They came back, game was close. And the year before that, in my freshman year, 2017, it was the Baker Mayfield year. They played Georgia, and that was that. Rose Bowl game, I believe it was the Rose Bowl, where it was like 50-something to 40-something or 40-something to 40-something, and, and Georgia came out victorious, and obviously we beat Georgia in the Natty that year. But, again, not so well in the bowls. But we all know now that Lincoln Riley is the head coach at University of Southern California, Southern Cal, the real USC. Sorry for all you Gamecocks out there. South Carolina is not the real USC. Sorry about that. Leaks and news have come out about his contract. Again, this is all rumors and leaks. This is through, you know, the grapevine. Not even, you just look it up, all the rumored contracts. 
But again, nothing has been legit on what his actual contract is. But his rumored contract with Southern Cal. Again, I don't know how many years it is. So it's worth $110 million. Which is... Sheesh! That's ridiculous. $110 million? Fuck. It just gets better. Keep listening. Southern Cal. Again, this is all rumored. Bought his two houses in Norman, Oklahoma. For $500K over the asking price. So that's a million dollar bonus right there. So not only $110 million your contract's worth. They bought both the houses in Oklahoma. For 500 k over the asking price. That's a million dollar profit. Okay, wait, there's more. They are buying him a $6 million home in LA. So you got a $110 million contract. A million dollars in profit for buying the two houses. They were giving you a $6 million home in LA, but you ask, wait, there's more. Wait. They're giving him unlimited use, 24-7, use of a private jet for him and his family. Are, are you kidding me? Like, I guess uh, Southern Cal just, you know... Prince Money in the basement or the boosters must be all, you know, Bill Gates because holy cow, this is ridiculous. Again, one of the most lucrative, if all these things are in his contract, things I've ever heard in my life. It's actually kind of ridiculous. Should be, <laughs> it's way out of bounds. But again, congrats to Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Again, he's a great coach, great offensive mind. Definitely should stake out Southern Cal, bring that culture back. Again, them, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas. Miami, you can even say, you know, other schools back in the day, Nebraska, you know, some of the coveted, you know, historical programs throughout Penn State, Alabama, you know, throughout history, Michigan, Ohio State, and they've been on the slump for the past, they haven't been relevant since 2016, when Sam Darnold was there, when they beat, you know, Penn State and uh, Barkley and McSorley, excuse me, in the Rose Bowl that year. So Southern Cal needs a culture change, needs a shock. I think Lincoln Ryan will do that. I think he's a good job, man for the job. But holy cow, his agent who negotiated that contract, can he come to me and like negotiate my work you know, contract, please? Holy cow. Other news for Oklahoma, bad news. Since you know Lincoln Riley has left, Spencer Rattler, again, ball out, you know, freshman star last year. Everyone predicted him to win the Heisman this year, was benched this year. Caleb Williams, the freshman, he's kind of had a you know bad year this year, stunk it up. He has entered the transfer portal. Whether he's going to go to Southern Cal and follow Lincoln Riley, who knows? But he has entered the transfer portal. And more bad news besides that, since Lincoln Riley has left, Oklahoma has lost the number two quarterback, the number five running back, and the number one wide receiver recruit in the 2023 class. So they've lost three top five recruits by position in the 2023 recruiting class like Oklahoma good luck you're gonna like fall down the tubes because that's ridiculous yeah not only the number one wide receiver the number five running back the number two quarterback number two quarterback he's from Cali the both the running back and the wide receiver they're both from Florida one of the running backs from Jacksonville actually which is where I reside the wide receivers from Fort Lauderdale again Whew, Oklahoma, good luck. Honestly, you might say Lincoln Riley left because he didn't want to play, you know, in the SEC, all the big boys down there, but that's just me just joking around. But hey, who knows? Who knows? He's Oklahoma. We'll be joining the SEC soon, but I don't think. I think he went there because of that contract. I don't think anyone could turn that, that down. Last but not released, again, talked about this throughout, you know, the podcast throughout the season. Again, the College Football Playoff Committee had a meeting 
two days ago, Wednesday, December 1st, in Grapevine, Texas. And, of course, like they normally do, the meeting was disassembled by early afternoon. So, the consensus was college football board of managers, college football playoff board of managers, which is, again, 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame's athletic director, so that makes 11. They were unable to agree on an expanded format, and we'll meet in January in Indianapolis at the Natty to maybe make another decision or, again, push it off because they can't do anything, obviously. Since, you know, I've been talking about it, but since June 10th, when they announced, you know, considering a 12-team playoff expansion, so that's over six months ago now, they've had six in-person meetings. So they've had one every month, and nothing has gotten done. They've had two in Chicago and four in Texas. Again, some of these were in person. Some of these were virtual because of COVID. But what do they do when they get into these meetings? I would love to be a fly on a wall. You just sit there. But do they just like sit there and shoot the shit? Do they sit there and like scream at each other? Do they sit there and play with their thumbs? So obviously they're going to get nothing done. It's been six months and they haven't done jack shit. All they've done is just said, oh, we like 12, we like 8. And that's it. Like, okay, thanks for getting everyone's hopes up. But, you know, just teasing everybody. Because they haven't done jack shit. I think me and 10 of my friends could do better than, th- than these bums. And again, it's not all their faults because they have to have a unanimous decision, which is the problem. But we shall see. Go more into that. If the playoff is to expand in time for the 2024 season, so that's the earliest it can, it can expand, there would have to be unanimous agreement in January. So the, in January, when they meet again, they can't keep pushing it off. That is kind of like the final straw. They can't keep kicking the can down the road. And again, it has to be unanimous. You know, this is a key question people always ask me this because the original deal they signed with the playoff back in 2014, all 11 signed the current deal with the playoff, ESPN, and the Bulls. So in order to change it now, before the contract runs up in 2025 after that season, it would have to be all unanimous. That's why. But again, in the future, there's possible speculation they might not need a unanimous vote because again, it'll be a clean slate then. But again, besides 12 teams, the Mountain West commissioner came out and said, Eight teams is still a potential. He likes that. Again, if they don't, you know, decide anything in January or, the, you know, they don't get anything done before 2025 when the contract ends, 2026 is when we can have a change. That's the earliest. Again, you won't have to have a unanimous vote then. But you're going to need enough of the 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame's athletic directors, so majority or a bunch out of the 11, so six out of the 11 to agree. And whatever decision it's going to be, whether it's 12 or 8, and I know Sankey, Greg Sankey, who's the commissioner of the SEC, he's leaning more to 12. He came out in the article, his quote, he said, you know, I was told that it's going to be the six conference champions and then the six best teams in the country after that to make 12. He doesn't want to hear anything about 8. So whether whatever decision they make, whether it's in January, you know, after 2025, 2026, you're going to have to grab him. Because no offense, you're not going to get a decision without him. Because in 2025, Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC. It's going to be the first super conference, 16 teams. So whatever decision they make, again, which will probably be 12 if they want his approval, because you're not going to get a decision without him. He has majority of the power. He's probably the most powerful FBS commissioner in the country. Most weight, the most say on that board. So, again, lots of shit going down. Again, we have conference championship weekend. Coaching carousel. These meetings that absolutely do nothing. I could probably have a meeting with 10 babies and do better stuff than what the commissioners do. But again, I digress. If I was uh, you know, on this committee, again, I would pick four playoff teams and I would just solve the problem right there. But 
they can never vote, you know, pick the right four teams. So that is, again, another problem. But they can't even get anything done in the meeting. So I don't know what these people can do. Obviously, they can run their conferences, some of them better than others, but uh, I digress. Again, lots of stuff going on. Hope everyone's going to tune in. Again, lots of great games this weekend, lots of stuff going down. Definitely, again, if you're not into it, you know, never watched it, never tried it. Today's a, you know, today, tonight, tomorrow. Great weekend. Just dip your feet in, see how you like it, try it. But, uh,. That is that for this episode. And again, nice little short, sweet chunk. Lots of information now, so definitely process it. Listen to it a bunch of times if you need to. Again, appreciate everyone tuning in. You know, everyone's hope everyone stay healthy. You know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all the holidays, New Year's coming up. Hope everyone, you know, is safe. You know, enjoys with their families. You know, whatever you whatever you celebrate, whether you pink, blue, purple, polka dots. Uh, I hope everyone you know enjoys. And, uh, yeah, you know, I appreciate everyone tuning in every week. I'm back for the community. I, you know, I do this because I love doing this. You know, college football is a world to me, and I really enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, stay locked in. Stay tuned. And uh, peace.